Hello, my name is Martin SFP Bryant, and this is Geek Out Weekly. Every Friday, Matt Navarra and I get together to chew over the week's social media news as we discuss the contents of our Geek Out newsletter, which goes out every Friday. You can find the newsletter at getreview.co slash profile slash geekout. But now, over to Matt Navarra to kick off the discussion. All righty, well, let's dive in to what we've got on this week's uh, Geek Out newsletter. Check the link at the top of the space for the newsletter and let's get going. Um, so, yeah, Twitter Blue, we're going to discuss in a bit because that's kind of one of our main things this week we want to talk about. But effectively, yesterday, um, Jane Wong um, shared a bit more information. She'd spotted the in-app purchase feature on iOS for Twitter Blue, its premium subscription uh, service that we've all been told was coming. So uh, we're going to dive into that in a bit, but we'll uh, check out a few other things first. Um, so yeah, Facebook is also um, one of the topics that we'll discuss, which is about this reach killing for misinformation. So there's a whole piece that's um, gone out this week about uh, if you're a profile now and you start to share frequently uh, misinformation, fake news, then Twi- uh, Facebook's going to punish you by killing reach on all subsequent posts. And it doesn't seem to describe a, th- a period of time that will last or if you can redeem yourself and by how much it's going to be restricted. But it will be nonetheless. I, again, it's another one of those ones we say you'd have thought they would have done this a bit sooner, but they haven't. So they are now. Um, I think that's a fairly reasonable thing to do, isn't it? They should, there's nothing much else they can do, is there? Yeah, and uh, maybe it's one of those things where uh, reach is one of those things that is so important to kind of stickiness, like keeping people around using an app. You know, if you if you, do, if you feel like uh, you're, um, I think we're going to mention something about this about Twitter later. Um, if you feel like your posts aren't getting the reach that um, you expect them to, then maybe you're not going to stick around. And so uh, it's kind of balancing this kind of making people stick around with also uh, policing misinformation and uh, where you come down on that as a, as a platform. Well, someone, I can't remember who coined the phrase, but, you know, people keep say that you don't you have a freedom of speech, but not a freedom of reach on these platforms, <laughs> um, which is quite a good way of thinking of it and framing it. And I think that's, uh, that, to be honest, well, this is stuff that uh, all seems pretty straightforward that they should have done and could be doing more of and are now doing. But there's also some other bits to this story, isn't there? So there's um, for pages that frequently share false claims, um, those pages, you'll have a pop up if you start to try and do anything with that content as well. I think, I think if you try and share that content yourself, you'll find out about that page uh does also you know has been told off for independent fact checkers checking some of the stuff that they've been sharing and uh figured out they share a lot of fake stuff um and there's also um some other penalty um, notifications about when you've shared uh fact check content and things so there's a whole bunch of updates in there all good stuff um but i think beyond that uh it's pretty uh, much a case of seeing how it impacts people because i don't know how much reach they're going to kill i guess pretty much make sure that only your closest mates see what you share maybe i guess um <laughs> TikTok, um, someone spotted and let me know about a, a feature on TikTok that's preview, quite a basic thing, but also really handy and something that you've, you've seen on similar apps where when you're tr- um, creating your TikTok video that uh, effectively ghosts um, and shows you where the buttons will be on when someone else sees it in their feed to see which areas of your video might be covered up or might be slightly missed so you can get all the bits and pieces in the, in the right area before you publish it or before you make any changes so um, that I don't think everyone's got it because I don't think I had it on my version but I think some other people I know have had got that um, Twitter's got a new animation have you seen it yet Martin? 
Yes, yeah. So, I, I saw the tweet when it, uh, when it first went out. It immediately went to find something to uh, something to like. Because, of course, I thought at first I wasn't. I skim read it, and I thought it was about the, all tweets. But of course, it's not. It's the first like of a tweet that hasn't got any likes. You get a little plus one ding animation to show you the first like of that post. Uh, completely doesn't do anything more than that. It's just a nice little animation. But some people like me are geeky, love all that stuff. <laughs> um, Google Docs. This isn't really social media related, but I know that a lot of social media managers rely on things like Google Docs to do stuff. And they've released this um, uh, feature uh, this week. And it's one you'd think you'd see, you know, in the first days of any kind of app tool like Word or whatever else. Um, but effectively now you can, it supports images behind text or in front of text. So if you um, <laughs> thought that you could do that before in Google Docs, you're wrong. And I'm sure there are people out there saying, yeah, I know it's really a, a pain in the arse and I'm trying to create, a, you know, a report or whatever it is. You can now do that. Text behind or in front of an image, Google Docs has uh, sorted that um, Word process, I mean, we're not talking social media here, really, but word processes haven't really come on a long way, apart from kind of real-time collaboration. Um, word processes haven't really come on a long way in 20, 30 years. It's, it's really strange, isn't it, that things like that that uh, you think would be really natural to add um, uh, are so kind of behind the times. Um, on the presentation side of things, I like using pitch, which is a very kind of forward-thinking uh, slide uh, creation uh, yeah. software. Uh, but um, I, I think people could do something similar for, uh, for, for, for kind of uh, word processors, definitely. I haven't used a Microsoft Word um, or, or anything like that for so long. The only thing I use now is Google Docs, Google Slides, Google everything. It's just convenient with everything else mm. I do, which I'm sure is why you know what everyone else does as well. But um, last week there was an issue with Instagram. So I had like sometimes things happen on to do with social media and I will suddenly get one and then two and then three or four back-to-back messages in a short space of time about something and this was one of those things and it was to do with the fact that instagram um, carousels last week uh posts for multiple images and videos on the feed um just disappeared and people couldn't believe how dare how dare instagram <laughs> re- remove such a feature and then the lovely uh, well not just these people but the lovely people at digital um uh god i can never the digital women thing. I can't remember the name of the group now, but some one they've put out is in my newsletter anyway, uh, some details about how to work around it. And they um, uh, figured out that if you um, long press on the Im- images or videos in your uh, feed when you're creating a post, then it brings back the carousel sort of element of it. But it turned out it wasn't even a thing that it was removing. It was a complete bug that screwed up everything every way. Anyway, but uh, it led to people going nuts. And it's funny how sometimes it's the smallest thing that people are much more concerned about. Forget missing information fake news it's <laughs> carousel posters what everyone was losing their shit over last week um so some other things which weren't um social media i'm not going to talk about because it will keep to, to the story of social but there are some bits in the newsletter this week um, of some fun clever campaigns that pepsi ran and um, some bits about some google research that they did to do with uh, profiles on phones and uh, for those who didn't, didn't see it last week um, the guardian t- um, teamed up with some um, other company that made this t's and c's game where you can kind of try and see if you can figure out how to just how to say no you have to say no to any pop-up to avoid getting a subscription to something in a fake kind of game thing uh, and it's quite good fun to have a play with that if you get, get a chance um did you know why there was a red line on the emoji uh, trending up emoji i kind i didn't really think of it too much but the emojipedia no i i, I didn't know but i i uh, I had idly wondered why an upward uh, graph 
line in that emoji was red uh, it did seem kind of counterintuitive you'd think yeah it should be green going up well yes there's an emojipedia obviously felt the same as you and were mystified by it and there's a story that they did on it and it, there's lots of bits and pieces in there but i think a lot of it goes back to um the origins in japan and showing there's a red line that's used for on the tokyo stock ex- and stock exchange and also in red in some places in around the world is actually a, a sign of celebration and uh, it's a sign of wealth and things so uh, if you ever wonder why that is why and it's uh, there's a story about it on an emojipedia this week um i haven't played with this app yet which is surprising because i would, should have been all over it by now meeting the new date uh, this new dating app that's for meme addicts uh, a schmooze i haven't have you played with this yet um no i mean i i i, I tend not to use dating <laughs> you best not to do that because you've got a partner so you shouldn't you should definitely not do that but i did um i haven't i haven't actually logged into and played it because I, when i tried to download it it's only it seems to be a u.s app store or certainly not a uk app store uh thing that i can do with but there is a new app it's um geared around memes i'd love to know if it's any good and what other people think of it there's an article um in TechCrunch. i'm sure other places about it uh, it's worth having a look maybe by next week i will have um i've had a proper look um and finally tiktok on the on the quick bits um tiktok have released this new official guide to marketing on tiktok which most of the time when these the platforms stick out some of these reports or insight documents they are pretty dry and often sort of really bland information and nothing exciting in there but um this is better than the average one um, and it's got some useful information particularly when there's lots of people that are probably new to advertising or, or marketing using tiktok and this is probably as good a place as any to to start with so there's a there's a link again in the newsletter but if you i'm sure if you google look at my twitter account you'll find a link to the uh, marketing guide for tiktok um so let's jump off with the start off with the main story this week which is paparazzi do you like it have you, have you downloaded it first um i have so i probably like a lot of the people um read about it um in uh, josh constein's uh pc put out uh, at the start of the week and uh so oh, it sounds it sounds interesting um so the idea is you uh, uh you take photos but um they show up in the feed of the person whose photo you've taken so basically you have a feed of um, photos but it's not photos you've taken it's photos other people have taken of you uh basically encouraging a kind of uh very very social kind of social first uh look at um photo sharing um so you've got to basically be having fun in the real world to uh you know hanging out with your friends to really use it um that's not the reason i didn't use it um i I thought it sounded interesting maybe a bit of a gimmick but interesting um but uh, no i I fell at the first hurdle i I installed it i thought oh there's a really snazzy it's got if you want to see an interesting good yes uh, video yeah um it's got a really good video when you first load it up that kind of explains uh, the idea behind it and you can kind of get a feel for the kind of people they want to uh, it gets really, it's just really exciting you log in and it's got lots of haptic feedback sort of haptic feedback stuff so you go through mm-hmm. and then this video just really consumes the screen and it really draws you in it's really effective actually it's that that was good the rest of it is a bit for me a bit gimmicky but carry yeah carry on. well i feel like the first hurdle because then it says um give you g- give your permissions and so i uh, you know, accepted the camera permission and the notifications permission and it's got the contacts permission they want to hoover up all your contacts uh, and uh, then obviously they can connect you up with people you already know which as a feature of a social app is very very useful you know build a social graph from scratch based on the phone book fantastic except for the fact of course that they're then uh, sucking up all your contacts data 
without your contact's permission, um, which uh, violates GDPR, European uh, privacy uh, laws. So, uh, you know, um, just uh, just on instinct and, and um, kind of as a sense of principle, I was like, well, I'm not going to go any further with this. Um, I did read on TechCrunch later that you can actually say no to that and it'll kind of say tusk tusk or something. You know, you can't really use this app without your contacts but uh, uh yeah I, I gave up on principle then and, and actually um somebody i'm connected with on linkedin is an advisor for them and uh, i i saw his post about it so i i, I dm'd him and said by the way you know this, <laughs> this isn't particularly good you know you can't even see a privacy policy to see what they're going to do with the data so probably a lot of the younger people they're looking to use this app won't care about that stuff but um that's no excuse for no, I agree. Data well. Well, um, yeah, I think it, it just feels really gimmicky. Um, it feels like the people I have seen talking about it, including Josh mainly and then other people, uh, seem to be those types that may have a vested interest in its success or, <clears throat> or in contact with the people that are uh, involved in this sort of stuff in, in sort of Silicon Valley venture capital land. And so I took everything that was sort of raved about it by that group, which was pretty much most of it, to be with a pinch of salt. But, um, but it just feels like Dispo and a few others, which I think that they seem like they will get some traction for some of the sort of the gimmick value and the novelty value. And, and, and it does feel very hip and trendy and cool. But in terms of, is it something that's going to you know, get traction and sticky and want you to come back for more and beyond the, the original kind of few visits when you've done it? I'm not convinced, but I could be wrong. Um, we'll see. Um, but Ed, yeah, Edzatron has made some really uh, good blog posts recently. I, I don't know how many we've got in the newsletter this week. So I certainly shared a couple, more than a couple. Um, and uh, it's definitely worth reading. He talks a lot about it um, uh, around all this stuff to do with Silicon Valley and app creators trying to come up with these apps for younger people and, and a whole load of other kind of talking points. Um, so if you get a chance to read it, um, definitely worth a, a look. Um, Twitter and the iOS stuff that's going on. So um, we've heard this thing about Twitter Blue that's been coming for a short while, you know, because Twitter's speed of development at the moment is insane. So, like, we were only talking about this when we sort of it was released or what's the word talked about um, by others in the last few months. And already it seems like it's nearly ready to launch because Twitter Blue's pricing has been spotted in the in app purchase um, area of the iOS app, uh, quoting a price of $2.99 a month. And in the UK, I looked it up and it was £2.49 a month. And for that, you don't actually get a lot for it at the moment. I was, I, I first, I first, my first thought was, I want it. I just want to you know, play with it. But then I actually thought, well, do you know what? You're not really getting too much. You get um, things like, well, the most interesting one is the undo tweet, which is basically time delay for a tweet. But once it's ticked off it's, and it's published, you can't delete it. So there's no, um, you can't uh, edit it like in an edit tweet sort of way. Um, they're talking about a reader mode, which that could be quite interesting. You're sort of making it easy to follow um, um, different threads and, and sort of any sort of things that are linked out to, I guess, to some degree, which kind of has a reader mode already. But anyway, and then customize why icons but not much else seems to be there for that there's lots of what i would call sort of fluffy stuff and no real substance did you see anything in there that would make you want to subscribe no it does feel like a work in progress um i almost feel like i'd want to subscribe just to endorse uh, and support the idea of paying a subscription fee for uh, social media apps uh, just as you know is, is something i think is a, a generally a good thing um so i think that i might well subscribe to it but actually not get that much benefit out of it. i mean it's not, it's not a great deal of uh, money two pounds 49 a month you know it's well it's, it's just it's when you have like 99 
two, well, when you, when you add in all the 199s and 299s for other things, I guess it all adds up, which is what we were talking about last yeah. week and in previous weeks. Like, how much will people kind of go to in terms of these small micro subscriptions before actually it's, it's too much? But yeah, it is, it is early days. And in fairness to Twitter, they haven't actually officially fully launched it. It's more been through leaks and screenshots and, and whispers and then sort of alluding to it. So maybe there's going to be a bit more to it than, than we're, we're led on to. But there was some other news about spaces this week, wasn't there? Yeah, so spaces uh, is uh, um, well. It was it was um, just we talked about it just at the end of the last um, uh, week uh, last week's show, didn't we? Because uh, it was just it went it broke just as we were on air um, that uh, ticketed spaces uh, were going to be coming soon, and uh, Twitter was going to take a twenty percent uh, cut uh, of uh, ticket sales. And uh, we did mention how that um, added on to the thirty uh, percent uh, Apple or Google um, App Store tax. Basically, means that uh, if you're a uh, person selling tickets. It's uh, to your spaces, you get about half the money. So it's not uh, as a, uh, a way of incentivizing people to do it. It's not great. Um, but of course, Twitter can't really do much about the amount that uh, Apple or Google wants to take uh, of, of that. Uh, but uh, people might wonder whether it's a it's a fair amount for Apple or Google to take. It's uh, a hefty for, cut, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, if you were doing something and you're kind of charging for it to get, you know, half or less than half or just over half is not great doesn't feel great does it no. um, and i also wonder how many people how much these this feature for twitter will be used in isolation where people will create just bespoke uh, individual events or series of events um, on spaces and charged ticketed wise versus when they launch the twitter um uh, super follows feature which enables us to kind of put a paywall between us and, and the followers where you can bundle a tick you know a, a premium twitter space you put on and, and a new newsletter and and other stuff uh, I wonder what the breakdown between those two will be. Uh, we'll soon see, I guess. But but yeah, no, I think it's uh, all good stuff. And and also the spaces have got the desktop version now, hasn't it? I haven't actually tried it. Have you tried desktop spaces? I haven't yet. I, I've not had an opportunity to, although I know some people are listening through desktop um, at the moment. I've seen a couple of tweets. So uh, hello uh, to you. I think Ken is one of the people um, uh, listening on desktop. You can't right create, now. though. You can't create or host. No, you can just consume consume that's why probably i think i just fell at the first third I, I think i saw that and i thought oh yeah it's not for me not right now anyway because when i'm when i'm mostly using it it's if i'm doing it myself i haven't found the time in recent weeks to jump into other people's um, spaces which i need to do a bit more of but um let's talk about the other big one this week is goodbye to likes well not really it's more if you want to say goodbye to likes to some degree <laughs> in a small sort of way you have a choice. Um, I think it was the most interesting thing was that it was it was combined with Facebook. I didn't see that coming, or not so soon as as it seems to be mm. coming, because the original story for this was that you know there's been a lot of this research and uh, calls from certain groups of users uh, and, and concerned people about likes being a dangerous. Um, part of the world of social because you know it encourages a certain sort of behavior and certain, certain types of content to be put out to get likes people feel the pressure and stress of trying to create content and if they don't get enough likes it affects their self-esteem and ego and whatever else and there's there's some serious actually some serious stuff in there that makes sense as to why the platforms would start de-liking uh, and removing it um, from there so anyway instagram have come back and i think from my recall the story i'm just re reading it again now it, you know they did some research and there wasn't really 
uh, strong correlation between the removal of likes and its you know impact on mental health of, of users or particularly younger users but it was certainly there was quite polarizing views so a lot of people really loved it really wanted to keep it and a lot of people really didn't and thought it should be removed it's dangerous and toxic so uh, instagram facebook did what i guess probably they were going to do anyway i i, I would um, guess um because i don't ever see them doing it carte blanche for everything they've given you the option so you now not only on instagram can you choose to hide the like counter on all posts um so it just shows you that there are likes and a few of the names on there you can choose also to hide metrics of the like counter on individual posts of your own but this doesn't stop the person who created the posts of course from um uh, knowing what you know how well it's done if, if likes is the currency that they're using with their you know client brand if they're an influence or whatever so from that side of things i don't think that people need to get too worked up about it, it just adds an extra step but facebook have also done, um, are testing it with small number of users on reactions and there's a setting in some people's ios or an android i guess maybe app um where you can uh, hide the reaction counter on all posts in facebook's news feed which is quite a huge thing you know, a number of people that, that you know if it was ever rolled out i guess this is a test it's quite a significant thing mm. um where do you where do you land on the side of the debate of hiding likes will you hide your like counter on your posts and does it bother you to see them on others doesn't bother me at all. I think what's more interesting is the fact that uh, they're actually giving people a choice and the fact that um, we're moving away from this idea of uh, product managers in Silicon Valley being the uh, the most wise and uh, uh, all deciding kind of people in the world uh, who uh, decide on all our user experiences. You know, giving us a choice is a, is a great thing. Uh, and uh, for far too long now, uh, and I think uh, in the early days of social media products, it was an idea, you know, you, you got to kind of develop a, uh, a consistent product that has a, an opinion to it and a, a direction to it. And so that means making decisions for users, going off the data, you know, what's most popular out of this choice or this choice. And then, you know, the most popular and the one that keeps people around the most, you use that option. Um, and uh, actually thinking about the people who that negatively affects uh, is often not, you know, it doesn't happen. So I think it's good that uh, we're maybe reaching a point now where social platforms have matured to a state where they can offer people a bit more choice and not worry about whether it's going to reduce engagement and all that kind of thing because uh, they're, they're giving them the kinds of choices that actually improve their personal uh, experience rather than the experience of this kind of blob of statistically significant users <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's good it's good it's good uh, well, I, I think you know that people like me as sure as more than just me that use likes also from the point of is this a piece of content that might be interesting you know it is if it's if it's something that's showing a huge like can like well okay there's something in this maybe you know it could be lots of reasons why it's got a lot of likes but let's have a look so i can see that um, as a reason to keep them as well but i was wondering you know some people might argue that facebook and instagram should have made the hiding of the like counter um a more compulsory thing for certain age groups maybe the younger age groups um in you know 13 to 16 or something do you think that that's a there's a case for, for that being a sensible approach for for younger users because they could be argument that 
teenagers or younger, more vulnerable users probably don't know what's best for them or that actually the subconscious kind of impact it may or may not be having on them is something that, you know, clearly if it's subconscious, they're not going to know about. And therefore, actually someone should make that decision for them if they are, you know, young and impressionable or whatever. Do you think well, there's anything in that? Been, if there's been research that shows that actually there's no major impact on mental health, then maybe, you know, it doesn't matter so much. Um, and maybe we should stop... Uh, Going off our gut, we should go, stop going off our gut um, assumption of what the impacts of a piece of technology should be, and go off the data. Now, obviously, um, I was talking about individual choice before, so uh, so you know, and again, you, you mentioned you know, a, a younger person, a teenager, might not really know what's good for them, and uh, so maybe taking that choice away from them and just saying no likes is 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 a, is a better thing. But then you've also got the point that younger people have to learn about social media and how it works and like counts are for better or worse a big part of social media and a big part of uh, how what you see in your feed is, is determined so you have to kind of learn about that whether you're you know if you're either a 13 year old or even younger we were talking last week about uh, messenger and uh, you know instagram kids and things like that and the idea of kids learning about social media do you think um, that's a good point actually i wonder if, if if and when an instagram for kids app was to be launched which sounds at the moment like it, it could be more trouble for them than it's worth but we'll see um whether they will by default do what we were just saying, you know, in terms of that app, the likes won't be shown before for the kids app. That might be interesting to notice. Um, but also if you do, if you were to do a situation where there's some level of compulsory, you know, compulsory hiding of likes for younger, more vulnerable users or whatever you want to describe that group as, that it just incentivizes bad behaviors for younger users to circumvent the ban. And they just give them a reason to lie about their age and, and, <laughs> and get working. So in any way, any case, it might not be, uh, it might be a moot point. So who knows? Well, um, um, we'll see. I haven't got. I haven't had a pop up about it in Instagram or Facebook yet. Um, face, Instagram. I think we all should be getting that option shortly if you haven't had it already. And um, I think Facebook is only a test. And, and I got a funny feeling I read it was US only, but I might be wrong. Um, but anyway, well, if uh, anyone ends up seeing it and turns it on, I'd be interested to see uh, how many people do. Maybe I'll do a poll and, and find out. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Some other news about Facebook. Um, so, powers the the attempts to dethrone and reduce the the might and power of uh, Mr. Zuckerberg have been attempted <laughs> once more, and unsurprisingly, it's been rejected. I, I haven't read into the exact 
detail of, of, of the vote and things, but enough to know that it, it didn't go through and it didn't go anywhere. Uh, it doesn't look like Zook's going to be dethroned. He's too, to be fair to him, he's too busy because he's doing so many posts on Facebook now um, about everything from his child to playing on Beat Saber and everything in between. I don't know, he's got any time for anything else. But um, <laughs> there we go. Um, what else have we got this week? Um, yeah, Instagram exploring a marketplace for NFTs. Does that make sense to you? Um, it seemed a bit odd, didn't it? Um, the idea that I mean, the whole NFT craze has uh, gone you know, ridiculous lately. Now, the, I have to say, on one side of it, you have got a marketplace for creativity, uh, where you have uh, legitimately decent artists uh, creating communities around uh, and collectibles around their work, and there's something in that, and there's a there's some excitement around that, and I think there's something interesting in that, but. I just find the whole NFT thing so. Um, when you look at I mean, today, for example, I saw uh, a, a BBC News article that uh, a photo of Harambe the gorilla is going to be sold as a uh, auctioned off as an NFT uh, to mark five years after the gorilla's death. Um, oh my gosh. And, and it's like, you know, just like the Harambe meme was basically a, a, a trollish thing, <laughs> often used as kind of replies to things, as a, a, a kind of trollish um, uh, response to things. Uh, this feels like a trollish response to the whole NFT thing, um, and it was written up as quite a serious kind of thing. And, um, uh, you know, we saw this week uh, the Charlie Bit My Finger uh, video uh, got sold for a, a fair chunk of change, and um, uh, it's not going to get deleted uh, from the internet. Um, it was announced, actually. Um, uh, but so uh, it is actually going to stick around. It's not going to be deleted from YouTube. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think probably Instagram is probably looking at it more from this kind of uh, creator approach, you know, where you've got creators creating these collectibles and things like that. But it still doesn't quite feel like Instagram. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like an Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a bit left field, um, and there's there's a fair few things. Um, um, whilst I remember um, that Instagram have been spotted this week, actually, with some testing stuff. Um, I think we mentioned um, that there was a link sticker that was being um, in the app in the code, but it wasn't in, in public circulation to be used yet. And it looked like you could, you're going to be able to stick a sticker on your story, which uh, people can tap to go to a link rather than using the swipe up feature. And there was some question marks over whether it was you know going to be maintained that you have to have you know, verification or 10,000 more followers to be able to use um, use it. It's now someone sent me a message showing me it's in the wild. It's actually out there being tested. And and I think they said it doesn't look like it, the rules around that has changed too much. For those that are waiting for it, that, you know, it's going to be much the same. Just you can tap to view the link. Um, but there's also some other stuff that was out from Instagram this week that was spotted to do with this bonus feature where you uh, they're going to sort of pay people to do reels through some sort of incentivized financial uh, thing. Uh, Sounds like called bonus. thing. Yeah, you know, they're all they tend to be much of the same, don't they? This one I think they named bonuses and is a l- little bit more quirky, but um, but it's linked to it again in the newsletter about it but uh, so that's also out there uh, and there was something else as well can't remember come back to it when I remember but yeah Instagram definitely uh, got a couple of bits and pieces because it, it was in a uh, was it in an interview or was it in his uh, AMA but um, Adam Mosery from Instagram said that you know subscriptions were also something that they were curious about at, at uh, Instagram HQ so maybe a bit like Twitter's thinking they can release an option to subscribe and pay extra for your favourite people on Instagram you follow then maybe Instagram's going to go down that route as well wouldn't surprise me actually that feels far more of a 
a natural progression to, to what they've been doing. Um, what else? Oh, we're talking about Facebook a lot here because we're in the section of the newsletter, which is about Facebook particularly. Um, Nick Clegg, my favorite SE in chief writer has done another, <laughs> done another masterpiece. Uh, it was, I think it was in, which was it in the Washington post or somewhere else. Where was it? Somewhere. And like, um, he did an article, uh, the protocol wrote about it. And so did a few others have a read of it. it Oh, was it CMC? There you go. Completely wrong. Um, there's a load of stuff in there that's stuff you've heard, you know, Nick Clegg and Facebook say before, but there's also some good stuff in there worth reading to sort of see Facebook's position on the whole regulation and potentially setting up a regulatory body that's geared up specifically for stuff to do with, you know, the digital realm that uh, Facebook occupies um, in, on, on the US side. Because a lot of this talk about setting up regulators and all the regulatory stuff, um, it seems to be Europe and everybody else around the world rushing ahead to do it. Um, we talked about the UK's version, it's an online harms bill thing. Uh, and the stuff in America tends to be, or seems to be, just lots of hearings and uh, and lots of talk, but no progression. Well, this um, is a piece uh, that links into that. It's worth worth having a read. Um, it's just a small thing. Mozilla have come out and said about the fact that they you know, they've been quite uh, anti Facebook in some ways and pushing on the whole privacy side of things as much as uh, Apple and others. Um, and they did a blog post this week about how they are going to continue to advertise and market themselves on those platforms, but that they had a legitimate call for doing so and it wasn't hypocritical and i think actually they've got a fair point they were saying that they're going to they're going to release a, an ad library showing the um, the ads and the targeting on their own site in um, for any of their ads for their products are on the Insta- um, promoted through the ad platforms on facebook and instagram um and uh and generally just be a lot more transparent about it um so i don't know make of that what you were interesting about. move interesting move i don't think it's necess- ne- necessarily necessary it's not necessarily i don't think anyone would necessarily be uh, pulling uh, Mozilla upon this stuff and thinking that Mozilla was hypocritical. Um, but uh, uh, to be upfront and uh, transparent about it in advance uh, at least shows that uh, they're thinking about these issues more than just at a surface level. Yeah, yeah. I, um, well, uh, there's uh, nothing more from any other companies that I've seen that are doing this yet. Maybe there's probably some other examples out there that I haven't seen that in terms of um, their, how their relationship's going to be going forwards with the platforms and, and maybe being a bit more transparent. But I think that that whole thing's kind of moved on since then, you know, and it was uh, the, the whole blockade of using Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's uh, old news to some degree. But um Back onto a uh, piece of Twitter, not a huge amount of other news on Twitter this week, other than um, this ongoing skirmishes in Russia and in uh, India, particularly, and I'm sure there are other places as well, regarding you know the, the requirements of the local government, again, pushing on these com- um, companies to take stuff down that they don't think is right or shouldn't be up, uh, fines being levied, throttling of their um, you know connection to in those countries. Um, and um, I think Twitter actually come out in the last day or so, haven't they, and said, you know, pleaded with um sort of official figures in, in i think in india that they yeah. should um be more open to the free speech kind of doctrine and, and therefore you know not be so demanding and of removal of, of you know freedom of speech stuff so indian police visited uh, twitter's offices this week or raided twitter's offices depending on uh, where you read it but uh, uh, yeah uh, obviously an act of intimidation there i think from uh, the indian government of uh, making sure that uh, Twitter toes the line. It's just the same thing. And uh, you know, it, there's, uh, there was a, 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 an FT piece we um, linked to in the newsletter this week as well about um, not just Twitter, but Google and others as well in Russia. Uh, it's this uh, ongoing kind of friction between uh, 
authoritarian governments and uh, kind of more free speech leaning uh, American uh, social companies and tech companies, uh, that kind of friction of values and the authoritarians uh, seeing how much they can get away with, really, how many, how far they can push these companies uh, to comply with rules that they certainly wouldn't comply with if uh, if uh, they were, you know, if it was if it was coming up in um, in America that uh, rules like these were going to be uh, coming in, then they would definitely fight against them. So uh, so yeah, um, it, it's it, it will be interesting to see just how far these companies will go before they feel like they have to pull out of somewhere like Russia or India. Yeah, it's, it seems to be getting worse and worse. I don't know what the breaking point is, but obviously not there yet. Um, another, another small snip, snippet of news that was on CNBC it was quoting the Twitter CFO saying that um, that they're they're kind of a sort of nod and a wink to their plans they've already talked about, which is he quoted saying you should be able to click and buy something on Twitter. Well. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, I, would have, I would have thought to to some degree, but I, I get the point that's being made. You know, it's not quite the same Twitter versus, say, Instagram. And um, but why should they be different in regard to the e-commerce e and shopping stuff? And and that's them signalling their their intentions there, which we I think we already knew about from other um, news mm. that's been been up in the last few weeks or so. Um, other little bits and pieces, TikTok. Um, so um, this is more for the US audiences, really, because we don't have Sirius XM, do we, here? But um, they're starting a, a music, uh, digital music channel in the US, I guess, for uh, TikTok music, uh, which is playing um, all of the trending songs on the platform. <laughs> uh, and TikTok influencers will also offer Pandora playlists. Um, so if you're into all of the music that you see in that in your TikTok feed and you have access to Sirius XM, then you'll be unpleasantly pleased to see that they uh, have a new station. Um I haven't played with TikTok's app very much, the video editor app, CapCut. I've, I've dug in and rummaged around. You know, I, my client base isn't really around content creation. It's a more strategic level, so I don't need to get into the kind of mix of all that anymore. But um, but I do hear quite a few people saying it's pretty, pretty decent. Um, but when I looked at it, I couldn't see hugely innovative features in there but it's it's number one in the, the us app store um if you haven't had a play with it it's called cap cut and it's bike dancers video editor which i think i guess not just for use for creating stuff that you do on uh tiktok it's other um company but um certainly for many other things as well um what else is there? Oh, and Netflix and Adobe apparently are looking for talent uh, on TikTok. Um, so if you're interested in working for Netflix or Adobe, there's a uh, piece in Fast Company uh, this week about them that feels a little bit like branded content to me, but I, I don't know if it was or not. I didn't read it. No, no. Well, um, it, it's it's basically like a competition, essentially. Uh, so uh, so the winners will get uh, ten grand, uh, $10,000 um, and a um, – uh, and, uh, they will get help with uh, creating short films, essentially. Uh, so, uh, nice little way of encouraging some new talent there. So, Snapchat or Snap, whenever anyone says Snap um, and as a headline to a story that's to do with Snapchat, I always still put Snapchat in there. I don't say Snap, but nonetheless, Snap is <laughs> a company bigger, um, have, have bucked the trend and decided to be a little bit suck up to Apple. And they say they don't mind paying the 30% to Apple for the cut of the transactions. They're, they're happy to pay for it for, for what um, the platform provides and enables them to do. So, uh, whether that's a political or strategic move or just a genuine, sincere, appreciation of, of apples um, I taking 30%. You know, I Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I was listening to Evan Spiegel um, being interviewed by Kara Swisher on Kara Swisher's Sway podcast uh, for the New York Times uh, today, actually. And he comes across so well. If you, really? he comes across really natural compared to someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who always feels a bit kind of forced and a bit rehearsed and a bit kind of, you know, like he's got, uh, he's thinking through a million different strategic uh, yeah. thoughts in his head before he uses a single word. Um, Evan Spiegel came across as a lot more relaxed and a lot more, uh, you know, and I can imagine him saying something like that and uh, meaning it. Yeah. So, so it's interesting that uh, again, we're seeing Snap being this company that uh, we don't talk about as much as some of the other ones, but actually they're, uh, you know, doing very well and seem to be led by someone who is uh, uh, quite a, an impressive CEO. Yeah, no, I, I've only heard him only on you know, the things, the main events we've seen on the news. I haven't seen extensive bits of him talking um, com- compared like to the likes of Jack or, or um, Mark Zuckerberg. But yeah, no, I think, I think from the bits I've seen, I would agree with that. It does come across more that way. Um, Back to Clubhouse, because we haven't talked about that for a good few hours today, I'm sure, somewhere in the world. And they uh, have sort of given some numbers out regarding Android users, uh, over a million now that are using it. And I think there was an article this week, or several, more than one article, which was a take on the whole, what was the impact of the delay? Will they live to regret, you know, the delay time it took to get onto Android? Um, But... uh, but beyond that, the features-wise, I think they've announced this week uh, that the the names of the creators for their first um, sort of fund of, of, of new shows and new, new talent on the platform. Um, but I still I still maintain I've got the same issues when I go into Clubhouse. You know, I barely, very, very rarely when I've opened the app have I found something that I've instantly got, oh, that's good, I'm going to jump into that. It's normally the opposite. It's really mm-hmm. not, not a lot there at all. Um, so I guess it's still sort of much as what it was the last previous weeks when we talked about it. Um, Canada proposing a law that would force social media companies to prioritise Canadian content in their country. <laughs> that was a, 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 a weird one. I wasn't expecting Canada, well, the, the quite liberal company. Well, the, well, well Canada, Canada obviously um, has a, a strong fl- French influence to its culture, and France has for a long time had this uh, kind of sense of you've got to prioritise the French language and French culture, and there, you know, there are quotas and things about how much French uh, non-French language can be used in the media and non-French media and things like that, and non-French uh, French entertainment and that kind of thing. So it's interesting to see Canada taking this this view. And this isn't just some um, uh, niche uh, thing that some random politician is waving around getting people to, to try and uh, back. Um, I think Justin Trudeau even is actually, you know, one of the people supporting this idea so uh, so i can see how you know it's doable isn't it you can uh, you could probably if you were you know facebook or whoever um uh, promote more canadian content in people's news feeds if they're in canada uh, which it probably happens to an extent naturally if you are if you engage with local content but i do think that it's better to give people a choice. <laughs> I remember years ago writing a piece saying, I am a citizen of the internet, where's my passport? Because I felt more internet than I felt British. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, um, and so, yeah, I'd probably regret if everything um, that came up in my feed was, was British. 
Well, um, it's, it was an interesting one to come out this week. I wasn't expecting that to come out. But, um, yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense. To, you know, as soon as you start prioritizing one piece of content or a certain group of content over another at a, a countrywide level or, or worse, um, it just gets a bit messy and wrong and doesn't seem to be how the, you know, how we intend. I think people, most people would want the Internet to be. Um, We've got added a couple of sections in the newsletter this week in the, in my DMs because I, I kind of get quite a lot of weird stuff in there. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's to do with requests for verification. Sometimes it's spam. Sometimes it's from the platforms or or celebrities that I've done work with or things. But there's often little bits in there that are just like interesting talking points, but the person wouldn't want me to sort of say it, um, mention their name. So the couple of the things that were more of a consensus, like I had more than I would say more than five or ten messages in the space of a few hours or days this week was about these two topics and one of them was um quite a lot of people just saying that they've noticed an unusual sort of drop significant drop in twitter activity um, for their accounts that they manage for big brand accounts and for their own personal big accounts uh mixture of verified and um, you know not verified accounts but certainly impressions clicks and even followers have dropped the follower followers one is is easier to figure out because it's they often do purges of bot accounts and and there's lots of reasons that which that doesn't surprise me as long as it's not super significant and also keeps on happening which it wasn't but the other one the impressions and click side of things where you know several people noticing you know in consensus independently that there's a a drop uh i wonder if anyone here has had the same so if you have just drop me a message and i'm just curious to know how much of a of a drop off there'd be i can't think of any logical reason there's nothing that's happening at the moment that would give me a reason to think why would that would happen um the other one was to do with facebook's creator studio um I reckon for the last six to eight weeks now, it's just been endless, like getting into the 50 to 100 messages level across different platforms to my account saying, you know, this is not working on Facebook's creator studio. Does it work for you? This is lame. This is, this is broken. This is now buggy and it doesn't work all over the place. And each day I come into the geek out Facebook group and it's even more carnage and people just really getting, <laughs> and, and it was all meant to be kind of quite good. Cause at first it all looked great. Cause you're scheduling in there, it's pulling it all together. People really kind of couldn't get their head around a lot of the business manager and ad manager product that Facebook had or didn't really like it. And there was lots of other issues with the way they were set up with pages. You can do it natively from your page. So they've kind of pushed all away from that now to centralize it in a in one dashboard. Uh, and apparently it's not going too well because lots of people are not happy with it so if anyone else has had that experience um again i'd be interested to see just to gauge how how much of a, a problem it really is uh, do you use any of these tools martin i guess from your side you wouldn't use creator studio and other no, stuff no I, I don't really need to um uh, but uh, i did uh, see one of the uh, the replies on uh, the geek out facebook group with somebody said <laughs> it's like the worst software he ever had to use or something like that which yeah there was a lot of issues yeah which seems strange that uh, it's something that is used by the people who make Facebook what it is in terms of, uh, you know, the amount of content that's on there and uh, branded content and things. It's, it's the pros that they need to keep sweet. Um, so it is surprising that uh, it's not kind of a high priority to keep it uh, running nice and smart and, and well. 
Uh, I just wonder whether it's just te- still early teething. Mm. It's not. It's not new news. It's not. You know, I can't say it that, but certainly they're pulling more and more into it and making it do, do more and more stuff for different purposes for creators and uh, social media managers and brands and stuff. So, uh, maybe we'll we'll let it off to to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got about fifteen minutes left. I'm just going to skip through a couple of the kind of quick hit stuff. So the bits that are really small, fun new features that the platforms have been spotted testing, and then we'll have a look at the weekend reads and see where we are um for for the time um so at the moment a couple of things that uh i've seen are oh yeah so i haven't seen much about this but um, some people are getting a notification on facebook which um says that they're changing the default setting for breaking news notifications and it's going to be auto defaulted up to be on for breaking news alerts for the facebook's news product i assume so i'm sure that there'll be a lot of people because that's the sort of thing i can imagine would really piss a lot of people off um but and i don't know why specifically because facebook always makes a fuss about not really wanting to be heavy on news and be you know too much involved but then other other times it wants to be seen to be supporting the news network so i don't know that's that has been spotted this week um facebook's experimental app the the, um, the what's it the new product experimentation unit npe they shut down one of their apps the collage making app egg i had it on my app for from the day it launched and i think from the day it launched till now which is less than a year i would imagine less than six months maybe i um i opened it twice i think something like that so uh, i'm not really the primary market for it from based on what i saw in there but either way it didn't work out and they've um, they've shut the uh, the doors on on that one uh facebook is also for gaming and gamers um have, they've got new tipping and advertising features for creators as a fair bit of news about that yesterday so for those that that impacts um it's lots to do with controlling ad breaks um and being able to you know generate income through stars the currency that facebook has using some of the um, live streaming tools um what else is there i talked a bit about the instagram link sticker um and there's also someone spotted a shopping sticker and a thanks sticker for stories two other things that uh they seem to be working on they, I, I, they sound like they well, and look like they're going to do much as what you'd imagine those stickers would do you know probably a, a bit like a product sticker i guess for the shopping one or maybe to a specific category of your shop or just your shop front door i don't know in terms of instagram shopping um i'll scroll through a few more someone's um james the uh, wong spot spotted them or was enabled enabled this super follow count on the her profile this week so that's incoming you'll have followers and you'll have super followers um and uh whether you'll be able to switch on and off to display them i don't know because i guess some people might want to show it most people will and others might not but um it's certainly being readied um and live stream have launched a few uh, new features as well for pages and events as most of it's geared around uh, uh the pages and events stuff uh which is just more for promoting it different ad formats for for promoting events but they've also added the boost button which was you know long overdue like on facebook you can tap boost which isn't actually the best way to go about you know promoting doing a creating a facebook ad in terms of making the most of the money you spend but linkedin have now made it easier so you don't have to go into their their equivalent ad manager product to even do the most basic of uh, promotions of a post you can just hit the boost button on an organic post and uh and and get it out there um and i think that's it from the kind of small bits of news weekend reading there was loads this was the first week actually (laughs) cut cut back on some of the items on the newsletter which i try and avoid doing um so we took a few out but uh um, there's loads in here this week. What was your kind of highlights? Was there anything you read this week that you particularly found interesting or thoughts yeah, worth? Yeah, yeah. There's a good one from The Verge. YouTube pulled its community captions feature, so now more creators are making their own. 
and um, captions are up 30% year on year as uh, a bit of a kind of a community effort to uh, help um, uh, people who um, uh, it, it said here, if hearing people can, uh, uh, and the like can enjoy content, why can't we too? Um, so, uh, so that, that's that's worth a look. And um, it, it actually uh, reminded. I saw a tweet uh, today, which which got me thinking about this because uh, someone was saying that uh, in Twitter um, you can add alt um, captions, can't you, to to images when you yeah. when you upload an image. But normally, I forget. I I, I I think I should do it for accessibility. You know, it, it feels like the right thing to do. But someone was saying there should be a prompt every time you share an image on Twitter. Do you want to add a, a an alt uh, description or not? Um, and and uh, you know, I, that would prompt me to do that a lot more. And either accessibility is important or not. So uh, interesting on the YouTube side to see it uh, really becoming a community effort there. Yeah, I um, of the weekend reads I um, pick out that were quite good. So there's a piece in the New York Times about this 17-year-old um, uh, Adrian Lopez's birthday. It went absolutely nuts on um, through TikTok with like thousands of teenagers showing up to p- at this party and all the craziness that went on with that. That's a really good read, and it's the main weekend read in the at the top of the list this week. Um, the other ones, I, one I read earlier, but I've only skim read it that I have included it in the newsletter is um, an article. I think it's in Vox. Yeah, Vox about um, who wins Instagram giveaway ways when you see some of these big prize hordes that are shown in a, a glossy image with someone who looks you know very uh, uh, aspirational i guess the, the, some of these companies seem to disappear in the prizes do they ever actually get given out what are the rules and regs around it and, and how does it actually work out they've done um, an investigation into that and there's some interesting uh, examples of, of it so, so that's worth a read um and uh what's the other one that i think that's worth that I think the ones you said. So yeah, I'm not going to pick any other ones out because those were the ones that I would really enjoy reading again. So yeah, there, there's lots in there this week, um, and I think that's about it for us. Is there anything else, Martin, from your side? Um, Emil uh, DMs us from Canada to uh, tell us a bit more about the uh, the the Canadian law we mentioned about um, uh, prioritising Canadian content in uh, uh, social media feeds. Uh, he says it's an extension of a law we have in Canada where at least 20% of the music on the radio has to be from Canadian artists. So there you go. Um, oh, one thing I did mention was um, Bebo. Uh, so I um, got an invite to, to Bebo, the new version of it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's pretty basic at the moment because it, 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 it is beta at the moment but the but generally it just feels like you've been taken back 20 years in, <laughs> yeah. in time uh which is no bad thing because it's quite quite fun actually in some ways but it's pretty limited what you can do uh it's a bit like um clubhouse's uh invite system you have to put your telephone number in and send it to you know invite someone into it and you get a number of invites allocated to you which i gave away this week already um but before we go did you have a play did you make much of it or do you think yeah it's- i I had a look around. Um, there's not a lot to look uh, a lot to look around at yet, uh, but um, but yeah, it does have that kind of um, mid two thousand social media feel to it. Um, not just in the kind of you know things you can do on there. It's more about checking out people's profiles than it is. You know, there's not a, a feed um, as as you'd see in most social media apps these days. Uh, but also just in the way it's presented, a lot of like, the design of it feels very kind of mid two thousands. So it, it, it's it's lovably retro. I think is one way to put it. 
Yeah, I think you're right on that front. Well, before we go, just a mention of Martin's newsletter is now out. I think you're on his second week mm. now, Tech Revolution. So if you um, are interested in the weekly stuff around like bite size and more deeper insights into uh, what the future of tech is and what's going on in the news cycle at the moment with some of the biggest companies in tech and some other random stuff thrown in as well, then um, Martin's Tech Revolution newsletter is uh, every Wednesday. It's free and uh, you can find it through links in my newsletter. I think there's a link to it at the bottom of my newsletter but you can find yeah. it on martin's site as well uh, and then there's something next week um hoping next week i can reveal some details about something else that um we're doing which is really cool oh yeah. two things in fact uh i've been paused on telling any, anyone about it because it hasn't been cemented the deal yet but i think we're at the point of signing uh, a couple of uh, bits of paperwork and then i can talk about it a bit more but um for that for me uh, thank you so much for everyone who hung, hung out and uh, had a listen in and uh, we will see you at the same place same time next week to discuss all all this again. Have a good weekend. See ya. Bye. Bye bye.